Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Best Bits, a podcast that is dedicated to helping you grow through the worst bits to get to the best. I'm your host and resident hypnotherapist, Lily, and my passion is to help women overcome whatever is holding them back. So let's get into it. I'd like to recognize the traditional owners of the land in which I am recording this podcast on today, the Gubby Gubby people, and to extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. This was one of the most fascinating conversations I have had in a while. And yeah, I just can't wait to bring this to you. And I will introduce her in a moment. Uh, But I would absolutely love to tell you my best, my worst, and my quote for this week before we get into it. So my quote, it is actually one of my favorite quotes ever. And it's one that I've forgotten about. So it says, confidence isn't walking into a room thinking you are better than everyone. It's walking in not having to compare yourself to anyone at all. And I just love it. I absolutely love it. I think so often we think confidence is this bravado, it's this loudness and, you know, this really commanding energy. But I actually think it's quiet, it's subtle, it's this, you know, really, it's this strong, mm-hmm. dignified energy. Um, so I love that. I absolutely love that. And comparison, it is absolutely the thief of joy. So yeah I hope you enjoy that quote as well I always do kind of think about it when maybe I'm feeling a little bit nervous um going into going into something or going into a room and and not knowing anyone and things like that but it's just simply not having to compare yourself to anybody uh and my best and my worst of the week so 
my best is that on last Friday, we flew down to Melbourne to go to the Australian Open and we flew down with like 14 or 15 of our friends. (laughs) There was a big group of us um, and it was just so much fun to just have a holiday and we went and saw the Australian Open which was just so much fun Um, and it just felt like just fun just genuine fun and I know it seems silly but it's kind of um, I guess rare as you get a little bit older to just have just so much fun Uh, so that was really nice and my worst which is so silly but because it was you know we had two days in Melbourne and then I went and came back home and drove down to Brisbane and went to a concert with my sister and her partner it was just a big weekend so I'm feeling quite exhausted (laughs) this this week and that's genuinely my worst which is not a worst at all because yeah I'm literally had the best time and I'm so grateful uh but yeah I've just been been a little bit toyed um but yeah I wanted to keep this really short and simple because today's episode you're gonna get so much out of it I certainly did uh I would love to introduce you to Madison Don't now if you don't already follow Madison on Instagram she is a powerhouse of a woman she is a scientist she is a nutritionist she's an educator she is amazing she also has a business called modern balance co and basically she helps women with their hormones with their gut um she is such a passionate advocator for the the link between mental health and your hormones and your gut and she yeah she helps women to balance them so talking you know really PCOS acne uh, you know PMS mood swings fatigue all of those things she is incredible and today we really uh, focused our chat on gut health and hormone health uh, and she gives just such great knowledge but also some really great tips as well so I will stop talking now and let you listen to the incredible Madison Don't. And if you are wanting to check out what she does or even book in with her uh, through Modern Balance, um, I will leave all of those links in the show notes as well, which I highly recommend you do. She is incredible. So I will let you listen to that and I will shut up. (laughs) So enjoy. Madison, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I am so excited to chat to you. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I feel like we could talk about all these topics for days. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, hopefully we can get out the best bits today. Yeah, the best bits. Nice. (laughs) That must be my subconscious because I didn't even intentionally do that pun. (laughs) Well, we always start every uh, every guest interview with uh, your best and worst of the week. I would okay. love to know. It can be 
the smallest, tiniest thing, the biggest thing, whatever it is, what is your best and worst? Um, so my best, probably that it's um, Australia Day weekend this weekend. So I'll be going mm. to the coast to see my family. I am very oh, close with my family. That's like, yeah, big for me. So just to spend oh. any quality, quality time is also my love language too. So yeah. Oh, that'll be beautiful. Where on the coast? Sunshine Coast. Oh, Sunshine Coast. Amazing. Lovely. Yeah. So oh, it's very good. nice and chill. That's where I grew up. Um, but I find that the city, like in being in Brisbane, is more <laughs> my pace when I'm trying to like grow a business and be aspirational yeah. because everyone on Sunshine Coast is really chill and you just want to lie on the couch or like yep. on a tanning bed or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, good. Okay. So that's your best. Tell us what's your worst. Um, I just, I really need to be more strict on my sleep mm. because it's so easy to let it slide when you're not, mm. um, yeah, being, I guess, strict on the, the sleep routine and whatnot. So, um, mm. I've got quite a few exciting projects with work at the moment. And so I have been working a little bit um, past when I should mm. uh, the last two nights. But I think that like number one, because I'm so in tune with my body and listening to it, I know for a fact how much it influences me and affects me the next day. Whereas some people might mm. just think that's normal or they'll suck it up. Um, I'm like, yeah, this is telling me something. This is not good. Um, yeah. But also I very much have a um what is it like an approach of balance so it's like there's mm -hmm. going to be those those weeks those days those seasons in our lives that are going to be a little bit busier but um mm. in this case it's for exciting reasons and i'm just yeah. trying to yeah practice what i preach i guess and um prioritize my work-life balance as well so yeah mm -hmm. trying to get that sleep back in and go to bed a little bit earlier <laughs> yeah yeah our oh, sleep is just so important I think like it's underrated like everyone always says oh yeah sleep's important sleep's important but the actual importance of it is massive and I assume has an effect on your hormones as well oh absolutely yeah <laughs> Like yeah astounding effect um i actually recently got bought an aura ring i don't know if you've heard, I've of, heard of these yeah yes. um so it's been really good and every morning i check my my sleep and how it's been and i feel like it it's definitely good at keeping me accountable because it's mm. it's like that thing where if you don't have a tracker you have a bad sleep you wake up the next morning it's old news no one will know no one will think about it again whereas like mm -hmm. if it's a tracker it's like in your data it's on your phone yes. <laughs> you're not doing a good job yeah it's almost like um like a, a garment that tracks your steps it's like oh, I want to get my steps up like I want to get my sleep up <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and it like I mean for me goody two shoes when it's like in the red and it's like you're failing I'm like oh no like, I love that <laughs> oh well I think that's the perfect leeway into introducing you and what it is that you do so I would love if you could just give us a little explainer of yeah what it is you do and why you're so passionate about this line of work because it definitely comes through that you are super super passionate Thank you. Um, yeah, passion is a very good word to describe me. Um, so I, I'm Mads for those who haven't met me and I'm a degree qualified naturopath, nutritionist, 
scientist and educator. So I just kept going back to uni, but that was very much in the pursuit of following my passions as I continued to grow in my career and as a person as well. So um yeah first did the the science degree in the education and then um stumbled upon the power of natural medicine which i'm sure we'll um talk about a little bit later um but yeah so i am the founder of modern balance which is a private natural health clinic and as well as being a practitioner to my beautiful one-on-one clients i am also a public health educator and speaker and I have my my baby, which is my Balance Your Hormones course, which I created to essentially provide women with the education and tools to listen to their body, heal themselves, mm. advocate for them, their health and know how to ask the right questions and um, advocate for getting answers as to why they're experiencing what they're experiencing rather than just feeling like they, it is the way or they just have to suck it up. Yeah. Um, and I guess that education also why I'm passionate about it as it is because it really helps them to block out the noise of unqualified health tips online and restrictive mm. diet culture. Uh, so basically it's all the stuff that we should have learned at school, but mm-hmm. weren't. And that's coming from someone who's been a sex ed teacher in schools <laughs> and the <laughs> curriculum is just way too basic. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. And I love that you have so many qualifications. That's amazing, by the way. Um, exhausting, but yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I bet you feel really proud when you when you when you say all those. That's so incredible. I love that you have the science, but you also have the naturopathy. Is that what you say? Naturopathy? Yeah. 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 Nailed it. I, I love that you have both because I think that's super, super important. Starting off as a scientist, I'm curious how you got into then natural therapies. What was that like? So this is the best bit because it's quite ironic. Um, so yeah, I was a science teacher at the time. At the time, and um, I had always appreciated health and fitness. We had a healthy upbringing, eating like our meat and three veg at the dinner table and whatnot. Fairly active. Um, and especially when I when I went to uni for my science degree and moved out of home, I was like into exploring all the different diets and going to the gym and getting the abs. And this was <laughs> like when I was 18. Right. So you're just fresh and exploring and working out the world of diet culture, essentially. Yeah. Um, so I'd always kind of knew the importance of nutrition and exercise, mm. but I definitely did underestimate food as medicine and mm. I underestimated or just didn't understand like the entirety of natural medicine and herbal medicine. So um, ironically, I discovered the power of it through my own health degree. So it was when I was um, a science teacher that I started experiencing my own hormonal imbalance issues I was one of those lucky teenagers through puberty who didn't really have any hormonal symptoms, um, didn't have hormonal acne, so I was pretty good. Um, And then once I eventually went on the pill for contraceptive reasons, after a few years, I would start getting more and more cystic breakouts and it kind of Mm -hmm. developed from there. So um, I've had the, the background of playing around with all of the antibiotics and changing contraceptive pills and all of that, but it just, if anything, it seemed to be getting worse and um, kind of like patching up a, a roof where it's like leaking mm. and it's just like you try to patch it up for as long as you can, but eventually you just got to 
do something different. Otherwise the whole thing's going to collapse on you. And it did. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And I got severe cystic acne where it was very extreme. I didn't leave the house for months and months. Wouldn't even go grocery shopping, asked dad Mm. to do that for me. So um, I just knew there had to be a reason why I was experiencing those things. And with a biology background, I was like, I knew the pathways of the body and, and whatnot. And I was like, there needs to be a reason. So I was fortunately had my scientific research skills and was doing, um, instead of going to Google, Googling my symptoms, I was going to like the actual literature Mm. and it just pointed to natural medicine being the long-term solution. And I really resonated with the principles of naturopathy, which is like finding the cause rather than just Mm. trying to like layer on all these health habits and like a rule book of what you should do it's like well hold on let's like peel all of the layers of the onion back and like work out why it's actually coming up in the first place so mm-hmm. um yeah once I started learning about all that stuff it was just kind of a big black hole that I needed to dive into more and learn more about and my family were like different family members were going through their own health journeys and we were all yeah. kind of funneling down towards the same things so I think wow. um how you were talking about the combination between the two there Mm. is very much a stigma still and stereotype around natural medicine and Mm. and I can't blame society or people for thinking that because when I was younger I did um think that for lack of a better way of explaining it herbal medicine was just for the hippies (laughs) and it was like very alternative (laughs) um yeah and there is still that energetics component of it, but I really love practicing from the science backed yeah. side of it because, um, <clears throat> sorry. No, you're right. <laughs> my, my voice is going already. This is a good sign. <laughs> um, totally fine. <laughs> I guess what I learned is that the chemicals um, and what's called constituents in plants act on the cells of the body and the body processes just as pharmaceuticals do. It's right. both biochemistry. Um, and you can, yeah, look at the energetics of plants, but I like to look at, um, specifically the, the pathways and how they act. And, um, there are pharmaceuticals that are created based on, uh, herbal medicines and plants, such as aspirin mm. is just an isolated synthetic form of one of the chemicals wow. in, in willow bark, um, so yeah, it's just really crazy when you break it down. It's like, well, they're actually not all that different. It's mm-hmm. just that um, pharmaceuticals are often very isolated and um, synthetic potentially. Mm-hmm. And the herbal medicines are tend to be more gentle because they're in their whole form um, as intended by nature. And mm. because they're in their whole form and not isolated, it has more of a gentle holistic effect rather than just kind of like a... I don't know, a sprint or an intense mm. kind of impact. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, very I feel interesting. Like I covered so many different things. Oh, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I'm f- genuinely fascinated as you're speaking. And there's kind of a link between what you do in hypnotherapy in terms of, you know, it's, yeah, seen as a bit, you know, woo woo and things, but there's, it's fully science backed, but there also can be that more, you know, energetic side to it. Um, and then also the, the finding of the root cause and with what I do, that's the most important thing. So I'm curious, I guess, how, how do you go about that through what you do, finding that root cause and, 
and getting there, um, say for something like cystic acne, what, what is that process like? Yeah, I love that you've drawn those similarities between what we do because that mm. is absolutely correct. It's so important. Like, you know, you can say affirmations in the mirror a hundred times, but if you haven't actually explored what that block is for you, it's not going mm. to, you're not going to move through it and it's never going to feel like a true belief. So absolutely, um, very similar to physical health is that like, you know, you can throw as much celery juice at something as you want but if you're not actually looking at why your body is being thrown out of balance in the first place and i can guarantee you that like your sole root cause is not a lack of celery juice like that's very yeah i did the celery juice thing when i was a teenager absolutely i've done anything (laughs) celery juice is healthy like i'm not saying it's bad and you shouldn't do it but i think it's like that concept of a quick fix and a yes fits all Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's so funny. I think so many people would have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. So not to say that don't do celery juice, but just like be careful about about your perception of these Mm. wonder fix quick fixes that are marketed to you. Um, But how to find the root cause I guess this is probably one of the most important things you learn as a practitioner. Mm. Um, and that is how to, how to ask the right questions to Mm. unravel it. Um, you also get really clear on like what to look for. Um, you get really good at analyzing health history and not symptoms on their own, but combination of symptoms is probably Mm. the biggest thing because like someone can have a headache and if they just come to me and go, I have a headache. And I don't know how to like dig deeper and find patterns and connections. Mm. Um, funny story. When I left high school, I first wanted to be a forensic scientist because I love oh, wow. problem solving and being yeah. a detective. Um, but too much chemistry for me. But now I feel like I'm a health detective. Yes, not true. <laughs> so, yeah, I find that part really fun. Um, and, you know, when they say I have a headache, I'm like, well, let's explore this more. Is it because you're dehydrated? Is it because um you know your your hormones are all over the place and you have a headache is it is there a pattern are you having a headache at certain times of your cycle is it because of withdrawal of estrogen or or whatnot Mm. so um yeah there there is a lot to to it but i guess that's why i like more educational programs where Mm. i teach people how to become their own health detective and analyze that for themselves rather than giving everybody the same meal plan Right. Yeah. I love that term health detective because it's, it literally is that, isn't it? It's, I always say to my clients, it's like, we're just going down this rabbit hole of, of what's going on and we're opening new doors along the way and we're just figuring out till we get to the other side. So that's, I think that's the best term for that. Um, and I love that you say that it's sort of different for everybody because I think sometimes, you know, when we're on social media or whatever, you know, we'll see someone say, this cured my acne, this did this, this did this. And you end up trying all these different things as opposed to just figuring out what works for you. Uh, So I think that's, that's so incredible. That's just the best term for it. And I guess I'm curious, like, you know, this term sort of like hormone imbalance gets thrown around a lot. And I feel like as females, you know, we probably a lot feel like our hormones are imbalanced, you know, all over the place. 
so what? common. Yeah, literally. But I guess how how could you tell maybe that your hormones are imbalanced or what are some signs there that, you know, might pop up? Yeah, well, definitely anything where the period isn't quite right. Um, and to elaborate on that, if you have really, really heavy bleeding, heavy mm. bleeding is considered over 80 milliliters. Um, so that might be hard if someone's not using a cup to, to measure yeah. that. But it's, um, when you look at it, like in a measuring cup or something, 80 milliliters really isn't a lot, but I guess yeah. when it's um, in your period, it does feel like quite a lot. Um, things like if there's clots if you're having period pain mm. our uterus is meant to contract in order to shed that lining that is like the yeah. muscles doing that shedding but it's yeah. not meant to be painful so if you mm. are experiencing period pain then it's likely you have um excess inflammation which can be caused by multitude of different things um but one of which being excess estrogen um so again it's a little bit of looking at the picture of you know, is it excess estrogen? Do you have other symptoms of excess estrogen or is it more just an inflammation picture? Um, mm. It can also, so hormones aren't just the reproductive ones. We have a whole endocrine system. Um, so our adrenals produce cortisol, that's the stress hormone. Mm. We have our thyroid gland. So that um, influences like metabolism. It helps our body to stay balanced and stable for example if we're too hot it'll act mm. up if we're too cold it'll act up just to keep us all in balance um so i think it's understanding that yeah hormones don't just come down to like your estrogen progesterone testosterone, mm. and that they're all talking to one another um even systems in the body that aren't hormonal systems like your circulatory system and yep. your gut and whatnot still all talk to one another which again yep. is um the beauty of natural medicine and healing holistically rather than just looking at every single symptom or system on its own because it yeah. doesn't exist on its own so yeah. um yes sim symptoms like acne uh, weight gain uh, excess hair or hair loss mm. or um fatigue yeah, yeah so many different symptoms um mm. but i guess probably the most like the easiest way to know is definitely if it's cyclic, like if it's, wow. you know, like clockwork at particular times of your cycle every month, then you know yep. what's on some sort of roster. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting. Are you saying that your periods aren't meant to be painful? Because they're I, absolutely not meant to be painful. I feel like what we are fed is periods painful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so common, but it's mm. not normal. It's, you know, and they don't have mm. to be, and you've got women with like excruciating periods, yeah. um, who, you know, it is once you get to that root cause and understand why they are painful, um, mm. and not just like, you know, five quick tips on how to reduce your period pain. It's like, let's go deeper and look at mm. the, the scientific pathway in the body behind what is driving that and reverse engineer it. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. And I feel like a lot of ears will be pricking at that because it certainly did for me. I mean, my period's not like excruciating, but of course it's 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 painful. And I feel like so many people think, well, yeah, that's just normal. But it's yeah. kind of liberating to know, no, that's not normal and there's actually things you can do about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it sounds too good to be true, especially yeah. to the women who have had terrible period pain their whole mm. life. But 
I've had clients where it's been, they've been in the fetal position in the kitchen during hosting a dinner party type of pain to not having any pain during their period. So it's, it's very possible when you discover like the mechanisms behind what is causing that, like it's always cause and effect. I just feel like there has to be a reason behind everything because it really is just like a, a combination, a series of events that lead to that outcome. And so like, yeah, very much reverse engineering that too. Mm. Um, but different things, it's not just like a, you fix it and then you never have period pain again. It's really important again, to have that education so that you can maintain it Mm. so that you're not forever reliant on a supplement or a practitioner Um, because things will come up in life that will throw your hormones out of balance. Like even me who knows how to balance hormones, it's like, I got COVID last month. And so that made my next period a little bit more painful because of course, inflammation comes with COVID. Right. Um, And like, if you're particularly stressed, you can't stop and never grieve. Like people are going to pass Mm -hmm. away around you and it's going to be like, there are going to be different sources of stress that are Mm -hmm. outside of your control. So knowing how to, I guess, manage those different environmental influences and remain as calm as possible and as stable or if you do get thrown off a little bit knowing how to bring yourself back to that balance yeah yeah oh, I 100% agree that education is so important mm-hmm. and having that just that knowledge of yeah things are going to happen and you know it might get thrown off but you know what to do to bring yourself back to balance so well same yeah. in your work too like with your well, clients yeah. they can't always run to an appointment every time something goes wrong yep exactly exactly and and I think that's kind of the point of what we do right is Mm. is gearing our clients up with the strength and the knowledge and the power to be able to do it on their own yeah and not have to see you know practitioner every week for the rest of their lives or whatever (laughs) it is you know so yeah, yeah. It's like invest the time and effort into educating yourself now and mm. it'll be like so much easier moving forward rather than Absolutely. Um, yeah like if you do rely on meal plan after meal plan or supplement after supplement it just becomes mm. a subscription model and you're just forever yep. reliant yeah oh a hundred percent a hundred percent I could talk about hormones literally all day because I just am so fascinated by it and there's seems to be so much to it and I guess it will kind of you know fall over into this but I really want to talk about the gut Mm -hmm. and mental health because you know we are a mental health podcast and I am so interested in this gut brain connection and the way it can actually impact our mental health Mm. can you speak a little bit to how that happens Absolutely. Um, So there's so many different ways. So this gut brain axis really encompasses all the ways that our gut and our brain communicate. So Mm -hmm. they do communicate directly through nerves, um, just as like uh, our brain and our nervous system is automatically telling our heart to beat. We don't have to like sit there and think beat, beat, beat. (laughs) Um, So it like communicates to our gut automatically when it's time to get ready to digest food and um, when it needs to have that muscular, those muscular contractions to move food through, or, um, you know, when we, we don't even need to smell food, we can just see a picture of it 
on our phones and already yeah. start salivating. Yeah. And it's like, that's crazy because the only input um, is really sight there. It's There's no like smell, there's no chemical actually making its way into your body from the food. Um, and yeah. already there's that automatic communication between our, our brain and our gut. So when communication is through the nervous system, it's mm -hmm. super quick. So, um, you know, if we put our hand on a hot stove, we've moved our hand before we even know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so rather than like hormones that move the, through the bloodstream, which are a little bit slower, mm -hmm. um, the nerves can have, that's why you can like be stressed and super anxious about something and instantly feel your stomach churn in the yeah. moment because it's yeah. so, so fast. Um, but aside from the nerve connections, the mm. gut brain axis also involves the hormones that are created in the gut um, and travel through the blood to the brain and all mm. around the all around the body. But if we're just speaking gut brain, um, also a lot of neurotransmitters like serotonin are made in the gut, and that then influences the mood and the um, behaviors and whatnot in the brain. Mm. Um, things like our gut very, very, very much influences our immune system and our inflammation levels and um, inflammation has been linked to depression and, and that kind of yeah. thing. So it's very much a full body impact that the gut has. Mm. Um, and the way that I love to explain the importance of the gut and why it's one of the most, I mean, it's hard to say that because there's so many systems in our body that are important, <laughs> but it's so, so pivotal is because our digestive system is actually like the inside of our digestive system. I'm about to just like confuse everyone and blow everyone's mind. Amazing. The inside of the digestive system is the outside of our, our body, is outside of us. So we are a donor. Oh gosh. You can also yep. think of it like it's a tunnel. It's okay. a direct tunnel from our mouth yep. to our rectum yep. and it goes all the way through. Things only enter our body if they go through the the lining of the intestine or, mm. or through that that wall there, the, mm. the, um, the wall of the digestive system. So it's super important to keep the integrity of our um, digestive system and that wall mm. uh, as best we can. Otherwise, it won't be as good at um, what to let in and what to not let in. And yeah, the waste obviously continuing out, but um, if it's not well kept, that um, wall or or whatever you want to call yeah. it, you want to think of it like a castle, right? Um, <laughs> then things are just going to be coming in and out, or like especially in you don't want like toxins and everything to just be making their way into your bloodstream. So yeah, um, oh, that's so interesting, yeah, crazy. Like our our microbiome is mm. from the outside of us, but it also helps with um, regulating what gets into our body as well. So it's like a defense. It's like another immune system. Yeah. Oh, it's so fascinating. I love the way you speak about all this. It's, it's in a, in a really easy to understand way, okay. which I think is so, so important because all of this can seem really overwhelming and confusing. Yeah. When we think about, I guess, our gut health, is it typically only someone say with like IBS or whatever, like stomach problems that would have 
you know, a, an imbalanced gut or an unhealthy gut? Or are there sort of like other signs that you can look for? Or yeah, what, how do you know if you have an un, unhealthy gut? Yeah, it's a really great question. And one that a lot of people don't realize or, or they overlook and one that I've definitely overlooked in the past. Um, the one of the most obvious signs is I would say on average, again, this can differ person to person, diet to diet, mm. but um, everyone right now should go and Google Bristol stool chart. Okay. So if you haven't ever seen one. Have you seen one of those? I, I have, um, I have, I've, I'm kind of picturing it in my head. I think I have, but I'm not sure. Is it like different, um, like essentially different poos? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I am, should I screen share just real quick in case we, I would love, <laughs> Okay. I would absolutely love that. All right. Um, I think you just have to enable permissions for me to okay. share. So I don't go rogue. Share screen. Oh yeah. Okay. I am going rogue and sharing a diagram of bowel motions. So. I love it. No, this is Why great. Not? We're a vulnerable podcast. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. How beautiful, right? Um, yeah. So stunning. for those who are listening to the audio version, um, <laughs> Go, maybe we're going to have a snippet of this on Reels or on Yeah, we will. Otherwise, you're very welcome to just Google yourself Bristol stool chart. Um, and essentially we, on average, again, I can't stress this enough, it's not one size fits all, but yep. typically we would want to see one to two bowel motions a day and you would okay. want them to be around a four. So that means that they're well formed, mm -hmm. but they're not too hard and they're not too loose. Yeah interesting yes whereas okay. i feel like it's very very common for people to have loose bowels yeah and one to two a day that's i feel like that's also not super common for people yeah i think when i was a kid i would go once a week <laughs> yep same <laughs> crazy yep. yeah so yep. um super super random like that people don't even realize that's kind of what a healthy gut should look like because yeah. we don't really think too much into it. We think, well, if we're not in pain, if we don't have abdominal yep. pain, then this wow. is just our bowel motions and it is what it is. So you can actually tell a lot about your gut health by the way that it looks. hundred percent. Yeah. And just wow. like the, the consistency of it and whatnot. Um, of course you can go and get like a comprehensive stool test, but they yeah. they can be like, five, $600, um, yeah. depending on how comprehensive of one you get, but yep. it can tell you, um, more about the strains of bacteria and whatnot in your gut, which can be helpful mm. um, and not just pathogenic, like bad ones, but it can also tell you whether you have enough good strains as well. Yeah. Um, but even without spending all of that money, just by this, like goes back to the practitioner questioning, right? Like just by mm. asking the right questions about symptoms and patterns, um, can tell us a lot. So, yeah, um, especially if you have loose bowels, you want to look at if you're having enough fiber, which most people yep. don't unless they are consciously making the effort to eat lots of vegetables and fibrous foods like whole grains and whatnot. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess there's just different, different things, different reasons mm. that can cause different patterns. Do you think like a barrier for people maybe with this kind of thing is maybe embarrassment? Do you think there's there's an element to that that would maybe stop people investigating this? Because I feel like we don't really talk about this side of it 
too much because maybe it's sort of like a bit of a I don't know, embarrassing, shameful yeah. thing to talk about. I don't know. Well, a hundred percent. And the same goes with periods as well. And it's like, well, this is a very, very normal, healthy bodily function. Yep. So, you know, it's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of. And I think I don't really expect everyone to be going talking about this with their like friends and family, although I yep. do. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, so I actually was having a conversation with a friend the other day and she was like, so how do I know if my gut is not healthy? And I'm just like, <laughs> do you want to go there? Do you want me to ask you about your bowels? And she was like, yeah, go on, let's go. Like, I don't, I don't mind. I talk about this stuff all the, all the time. But I think if someone's embarrassed, just get yourself a practitioner that you feel mm. really, really comfortable with. Because honestly, yeah. like the way that I'm talking about this now, it's like I'm talking about um, the integrity of your skin or it's just yeah. It's just the body, like it's more yeah. just a, a function. But I understand that people who um, don't talk about this all the time, it's it's more taboo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, to know that practitioners, yeah, talk about this stuff all day long. Nothing you go to a practitioner with, are they going to be like, oh my god, I've never heard that before. <laughs> the only thing I can say is like, unless I ask you, you don't need to bring me a photo or a sample. That's a bit yep. Yeah, yep, unless, yep, yep. unless you ask. Yep, yeah, yep, but I, I think, think that's I'll fair. leave the samples for the lab. <laughs> yeah, I think that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah, but um, honestly, the more the, like n people aren't used to giving a lot of information either, because mm. I guess when we're so used to the modern medicine model, the doctor has fifteen yep. minutes for like with yeah. you. It's not their fault that they like physically do not have enough time to yep. ask you enough questions to get to your root cause, which is why their tools are quick fixes. Yeah. Um. But it is really important if you can offer up like as much information as you can to your practitioner, mm. that is only going to help them uh, analyze your case better. So, yeah. um, you know, it is up to the pra practitioner to ask the questions that they need to know, such as, is there any undigested food in your bowel? Mm. Is there any blood? Is there any mucus? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but if there is something that you've noticed, feel free to offer up that information because it's again, let's go back to a crime scene. Like if you've seen like the gun hiding under a tree, you're not going to not say anything. Yep. 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 That, that forensic's still there. <laughs> I, don't, I have not used those forensic analogies enough in my career. I really need to. I love it. Yeah. Maybe that niche. should be your niche. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start dressing up. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'll get the off the screen now. Oh, yep. Yep. There we go. We're back. We're back. Oh, I love that. Wasn't expecting it, but I love it. Um, I would love to finish off with just a few tips of what we can do for our gut health. So are there specific foods that we should be, you know, adding to our diet? What can we do if, you know, other than obviously seeing someone like you, because I think that would be incredibly helpful. What is something, yeah, a couple of things we could do. So yeah, first of all, like we've been saying, find out the root cause of why your gut isn't happy. Mm. And like, of course, a practitioner can help, but I think trust your intuition as well and start mm. to pick up on patterns yourself, like start to write down when you're experiencing what symptoms and yeah. over time, you know, after one or two days, you might not be able to see the pattern and you might get overwhelmed and be like, it's, mm. it doesn't make sense. It's just all the time. But yeah. over time you will start to see a pattern or if you can't, mm. again, get that help. But um, 
really working out why isn't your gut happy what makes your gut unhappy yeah. um but because like we've been saying there isn't one size fits all yeah. advice or supplements and be very weary of um specific advice however yeah. there are obviously common things that people should do in order to support their gut and just general health yeah these include increasing vegetable consumption mm -hmm. so the more nutrients um we have the better because each nutrient has its different role in our bodies and um we can't function optimally if we're short of tools yeah um, <clears throat> one of the analogies that i i came mm -hmm. up with 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 this one is like you don't you know go and ask a builder to build you a house but they're they're like 50 bricks short or something yeah. or they don't have enough tools it's like they're not going to be able to do the job well and build that that sturdy foundation so make sure yeah. you are getting all of your nutrients both macro and micro yeah. um you also want to make sure that you're increasing fibrous foods so again vegetables fruits whole grains plant foods in general yeah um and variety the gut mm. loves variety uh again not just because of the micronutrient side of things but we have so many different types and strains of bacteria in our gut and they all mm -hmm. require different things yep. so basically the greater variety that you consume the more diverse the spread of species are going to be in your gut yeah and a really great way to understand why this is important is that say that everyone uh, all the humans in the world had brown hair and then a disease came that wiped out everybody with brown hair mm -hmm. and it's like the species is screwed because there's no one to continue on that generation whereas like yeah. if it was like now there's a mix and a disease came and wiped everybody with brown hair we would still have other um mm. modifications or other i forget what the word is but different versions to kind of continue on that species yeah um so it's really important Basically, the greater diversity you have, mm -hmm. the higher your health outcomes and and opportunities okay. and tolerance to stresses and illness and and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so it's so fascinating. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, one of my goals this year actually was to just get my gut health right. I've spoken about it on the podcast before. Um, I, like IBS, you know, for ages and I'm finally sort of really working on it. Uh, and the changes that you do notice once you begin to actually educate yourself a bit and, you know, get the right help and everything, it's phenomenal. So I feel like it's, it can really be life-changing, you know, the, the work that you do and the way that you can help people, um, particularly with, you know, hormones and stuff as well. I have had, a, had acne as well before and completely understand how it just makes you want to just crawl up into a little ball, you know? So you being able to help people with that. And I think it's incredible what you do. So yeah, I'm so grateful for you coming on and having a chat today. And I think there's so many more things that we could talk about and so many more things that uh, the listeners would be so interested in. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that they will head on over to your page and see a lot more information. Uh, where, when, where can they find you? If someone wants to work with you, how, how can they go about that? 
Absolutely. So uh, the website is modernbalance.co and yeah. that's the same as the Instagram as well. Um, or you can come to my Instagram. That's just Madison Don't, D-O-H-N-T. I'm sure that we'll probably have some links in the show notes and everything really? as well. Um, and yeah, just what you said uh, before in terms of like the importance of IBS and linking it to mental health and mm. the connection between those like I think a really big takeaway is just the the karma your nervous system the karma your gut is going to be because the opposite yeah. of fight and flight is rest and digest and then vice versa the calmer yeah. your gut and the more work you do on your ibs the the calmer your mind is going to be as well mm, absolutely absolutely oh thank you thank so you. much for coming on <laughs> i really appreciate it thank you for having me of course Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.